0: good morning today we're going to be talking about leadership which is uh, an area that so many people get intimidated by and because they think well pastor Ron I'm not I'm not a leader I don't I'm not I've never been a leader that's not really my gift makeup let me just share with you every one of you need to learn how to lead your own life with Christ it is imperative that your life if your life is not led by the Spirit of God then the world around you is going to not see who Christ is inside of you. Some of you have the gift makeup or a stronger gift makeup to lead others into an area of, of gifting, another in an area of responsibility unto Christ and in Christ. You know, in fact... Um, when Moses was breaking them out in leadership, he says, all right, there's captain of tens, there's captain of fifties, there's captain of hundreds, and captains of thousands. So in each and every one of us have a different gift make up of leadership. And it's imperative that we realize that all of us need to learn how to be led by the spirit. In fact, we're gonna um, reference a passage in a little bit of time here about how important it is for us to be led by the spirit. Because the Bible says, he who is led by the spirit is a child of God which means if you're not being led by the Spirit, you're not acting like a child of God. Now, uh, yesterday, or I should say this weekend, I went snowboarding with my wife on Friday, and I was just, I'm kinda just getting into it, I've never really done it before, and um, so I I wanna do it because of my grandkids. I wanna learn how to lead my grandkids, and I figure if I have an hour and a half drive up north with them, and an hour and a half drive on the way back, then I have three hours of Jesus conversation time and then we can get on the snow together and we can have dinner together. It's just, it's a great environment. I feel like I can be like Christ out there and you know, and I don't know how he was, he's fishing in a boat. I'm snowboarding on a hill. And so that's the whole reason I'm snowboarding. I like snowmobiling better. If you were to say, pastor, what would you rather do in, this, in the winter? I would much rather get on a 160 horsepower snowmobile and rip the trail apart. But that's not going to minister leadership to my grandkids. They're gonna be terrified their grandpa they're never gonna get back on the snowmobile with grandpa and they're gonna hate snowmobiling all right so that's not a directive that i'm going to so i sell that and now i'm gonna you know it's all about leadership it's all about leading the next generation in christ so i'm learning and i'm almost 60 years old gonna turn 60 this year and those hills can be very abusive amen and so uh anyway um i just tell my wife on friday i went I feel like I'm getting to that point where now I'm no longer in survival, but I'm picking a lane. Like on my snowmobile, I'd always pick a lane. I knew how to race and it was, you'd have a hard time keeping up with me on a sled. And so I could pick a lane. I knew exactly what that sled could do, what it couldn't do. I knew the conditions changes. Well, honestly, out there snowboarding, the snow changes. One minute it's icier, one minute it's just a little bit. I still don't get the sport yet. Although I know snow, but I haven't you know, understand the snow. And then there's snow that they make, And then there's real snow. Okay, so right now I'm just getting to the point where survive the hill, all right? And have fun and not hurt anybody else on the process going down. And uh, this last week, somebody else was in survival mode on Friday, and they cut right behind, you know, right over me and right in front of me. And I went right over their skis. Thank God, I didn't hurt them, and they didn't, I didn't get hurt, and everything. So that was a moment. So then I think, then I had a really good Friday. I'm, I'm going with my wife, and she's not too fast. She's pretty good at snow skiing. I'm doing the snowboard thing. And Saturday comes out. All right, now for you, many of you don't know me. I'm very competitive, and when I was in water skiing, I wanted to be the best. And so I would go out there and beat my body to be the best. So now I'm in this pace right now going, you know what? I don't care about being the best. In fact, I absolutely know that I'm never going to be that. It's really hard for me not to strive that. I have to lay down and I'm even cautious. I don't even know what cautious is. I don't even, I mean, that's just not a personality monitor inside of me. I'm not led by it at all. So I'm finding myself in this in, interesting new place of caution. So i get to the you know top of the hill and go huh you know kill it or caution it and so i'm like caution all right and then the kill it all right so now when my, my wife i think i'm gonna kill it so i get with these young guys on saturday i went in fact there are a bunch of them here and josh who plays the guitar over here he's ridiculously good at it and then my son nate who's really good at it but he's not as good as josh and then Shane, I didn't really get to see him. He was having fun. I got, I got to see him a little bit. He's pretty good at it. I would say I was absolutely the worst boarder of the group by far. And then Brad Lusk, I went with him and he's really good at it. And then so I'm, I'm sitting there measuring myself. Okay, I am the, I am the, the, the brick here, all right, on the, on the hill, but I'm having a good time. I can't keep up with these guys and I'm still having a good time. All right, and I want, we're having a conversation. We can talk about Christ and that's the important part of it. And then I watched my son, Nate who literally is trying to keep up with Josh, wiping out 24-7, beating him. He's doing exactly what I would be doing, you know, a few less years. And in fact, it was so funny is, is that when Josh went to get a a hamburger, him and Shane got a hamburger, he goes, thank God. Because now he goes, I can ride with you, dad. You know what I mean? Well, thanks, you know, I'm that bad. You know, and so, but the point of it is, is it's it's important, what are we led by? And see, we can be led by competition, we can be led by insecurity, we can be led by fear, we can, man, a whole, a whole nation was led by a mask. We can be led by all kinds of things in our life, and, what, and all of a sudden somehow time changes things. We can be led away, and somebody's offended and hurt, and all of a sudden time healed it, but no, it didn't. It's still sitting there lingering, and nobody ever forgave, nobody ever dealt with it. And so today as we talk about being led, we're going to talk about servant leading. Jesus came here to servant lead. That was his whole point. In fact, he set a refocus on what leadership was supposed to look like. And history tells us from the very beginning that a perfect leader doesn't make it perfect. Because God is perfect. All of us would agree if we have any understanding of God that God is perfect and still had Lucifer, underneath a perfect leader, take one third of the angels out of heaven and follow him into nonsense. So we know that it's not about perfect. In fact, then all of a sudden we have Adam and Eve who have a perfect God. And in the space, they only got one problem, one thing they have to overcome, and that's the lust of one tree. And Ben, I'll, I'll tell you what, have we not got a culture of lust today? We have a culture of lust today, lust for things. In fact, I can't tell you that I'm, in, I'm at the Cabra Fe and all I'm looking at is young people whose families bring them into this, this expensive resort so that they can have family time and almost every young person inside a Cabra Fe is on their phone. I'm like, seriously? You can't just for a few minutes get away from your phone to be in family, even in this kind of environment where all you can see is this this hill and we can conquer it, and yet parents won't lead. I'm going to speak to you parents. You're not leading. And you're so afraid to tell them to take that phone away because of all what's going to happen. I mean, they're just going to throw a fit. Let me tell you something. If you can't take a phone away, how is God gonna take lust away how is that ever gonna happen how are you ever gonna have the conversation and let me tell you something the other thing is about discipline I'm gonna share this and go because what's happening is is all of a sudden now we throw our kids in a room because we're afraid to discipline because we're afraid of what we look like and what the culture tells us to do so we throw our kids in a room and the reason they are in that room is because they disobeyed authority So now they get in that room and they just steam it off. They're angry and somehow just time is gonna get rid of that nasty voice in their head. No, it doesn't. It just literally goes over there. All they do is conspire how to get their way more later on. So I'm just gonna challenge you that God tells us that we need to be led by the Spirit. Now, if we can be led by the spirit, we can be led by wrong spirits. And I wanna tell you some, in a perfect scenario, we're gonna to read today, in a perfect scenario, it went wrong because they were led by the wrong voices. I am finding myself constantly because lately I've been underneath some attack. And so I'm constantly going to the throne and getting my global positioning system in gear, which means I go to prayer and God gives me the right heart. I can get angry at things. I can get frustrated with things. I can look at things that are unfair. I can look at things and go, I wanna get, I wanna make it right. I'm gonna conquer because I'm a conqueror. I'm gonna conquer it. And then all of a sudden I get in prayer and the Spirit of God comes over my heart and puts me back in alignment. I get why Daniel did it. Daniel would go up to pray three times, three times a day. It wasn't because he had to, It was the very thing he needed to because he was constantly underneath a space of leadership and a space of frustration and a space of craziness that was going on. He said, I got to keep my heart right. I got to keep my thoughts right. And today, my goodness, never has there been a time where your thoughts can be so crazy because you're on your phone 24-7 giving you new thoughts. Man, when I was growing up, you didn't have that kind of inertia from the culture. You didn't have it 24-7 where there's constantly people telling you that you're missing out on something. Constantly somebody's doing it better than you. You didn't have a YouTube telling you that you're a loser. You didn't have all this nonsense. All you had was the space of, look, I just want to improve. I want to be better at what I can do. Maybe a little education, maybe a mentor in my life, but I know that the Word of God and God believes in me and that I don't have to be the best at anything. I just have to be the best me that God's ever made me to be. And even when I'm the best me that I can be, that doesn't mean I'm gonna be as good as somebody else, because it doesn't matter. I gotta be the best who God's made me to be. He tells us so true in the talents. He hands out one talent, two talents, and five talents. Obviously somebody's got more talents than another, and God doesn't sit there and go, "Well, you know what? The guy has one talent. I expect him to be like the guy that has five. God did not expect that. God just expected progress in every life that he gave a talent in. That's all God, that's all God wants. So in leadership, all God really wants us is to have progress. in the first place that you should have progress is in your heart and your spirit being led by the spirit i want you to turn with me to matthew chapter 20 it's our opening scripture today matthew 20 verse 20 here's uh two disciples following jesus okay they're following jesus and they get it wrong Did you guys hear that? You can be in church right now and get it wrong. It's so important for you to learn how to listen to the voice of the Spirit because Satan will masquerade around and whisper inside of you. Use scripture even to twist things up. You need to learn how to listen and recognize the very thing, 23 years ago when we started this church, it says people need to hear God's voice. What is God speaking to you? What is God speaking to you? Know this, that the enemy is gonna send people in your path. The enemy is gonna send thoughts inside of your path that will hurt you that will confuse you, that will divide you, that will frustrate you, that will throw envy and strife inside of you. And what are you going to do? It's not your pastor's job to take that away from you. It's your turn to go over there and say, this is what the word of God says, this is what the spirit of God says. I surrender, I yield myself. Here's the two disciples following Jesus that get it wrong. Matthew chapter 20, verse 20. Then the mother of James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus with with her sons. She knelt respectfully to ask a favor. What is your request? He asked. She, re- she replied, In your kingdom, Jesus, please let me let my two sons sit in a place of honor next to you. One on your right and the other on your left. Jesus answered by saying to them, You don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering I'm about to drink? Oh, yes, they replied, We're able. Jesus told them, you will indeed drink from my bitter cup, but I have no right, I have no right to say who will sit on my right or left. My father has prepared those places for the ones he's chosen. When the 10 other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were upset. So we got all these 12, we got 12 disciples that are sitting there pointing at each other. They're all upset all because of a platform because they want to know that they, at the end, that they're gonna be more important, that they're noticed. That's what Lucifer's problem was. That was what Adam and Eve's problem was. That was what Cain and Abel's problem was. Here we are with a reset button. How many of you like that reset I like it on my computer, reset button. I like that reset button, because all of a sudden things just don't work. Here's a reset button with Jesus' disciples. You think it's going to get right this time. God himself is in a human form, walking it out. And here we are with a reset button. We're still getting it wrong. We're still getting it wrong. When the ten other disciples heard what Jesus and John had asked, they were indignant. But Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers of this world lord it over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those underneath. But among you will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Let's pray. Father. I am so grateful for you, including so much history where great people got it wrong. Lord, I pray that all of us, I know me included, can get it wrong, but I'm so thankful that by your spirit, you lead us back and get back on the right rails. Those, that track that leads to you, God that leads to surrender and submission to understanding our place inside of you. And then others will see even in our, our frustration or others will see in, the, in, the, in this, the space of what we're currently going in underneath, they'll see you, they'll recognize you in it. And I ask that right now that all of us, Lord, have that, that space, Holy Spirit, bring conviction of who you are to be led by you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Today's reading, and I hope that if you haven't got one of these journals, I know we're going to be talking about it more and more. This is the discipleship uh, training that we're going through as a church. Today as a church, our read is Acts chapter 19. And it's one of those, uh, that funny story where I, I, I allude to at times where the seven sons of Sceva are casting out devils and this, this demon-possessed person jumps on him, uh, strips him naked, and beats him up. Still, I even referred to this actual uh, part of this message last week. Point I'm trying to make is this, is that we as a church want to be led by the Spirit. Led by the Spirit. And we're going to reference again over and over today how to have the right spirit our vision in this church and this is the final message in the vision cast that we've been doing is growing your faith we want you to grow up in god stronger that wherever you are today that you'd be further along tomorrow and then to love others you're gonna you know what the bible says you can tell them by your love you can tell them by your love reach i'm so thankful you know what since you know the last four weeks we've not had a time where where that candle isn't lit. Every week somebody's getting saved. Amen? That is being, we're truly learning how to reach, and we wanna be a church. If, we're, if you're being led by God, we wanna train every one of you how to lead somebody in prayer to know who Jesus Christ is, to know and to reach your world. We want you to understand worship. Worship is a space where you get right with God. I mean, honestly, I've, I've had those places in my own walk where all of a sudden I'm, just in, I'm encapsulated by the presence of God. There's no greater place than get into a space of worship when all of a sudden the presence of God comes. In fact, they call it like almost anointing where we use that word, but it means heavy. You're feeling such a presence of His heaviness inside of your heart that you just want to, you want everything else just seems to empty and everything else, in your, and into one thing becomes so true is God, you're still in the throne and I'm aiming there in my life. And then last week we talked about how important it is to, you know, uh, when in, our, in our life, of, on our walk, it is so um, imperative when we come, like even today about servant leading, um, and it's so important for we talk about serving, and it's so important. That, that Pastor Chad just alluded to it. That I, I find that serving others keeps me in the space of knowing and having humility in my walk. Yesterday we were at a game. I was watching a couple of my grandkids play basketball, and and uh, they had on the on the wall at. Uh, in this school, Norton Shores, they had in the wall, um, Mona Shores, I'm sorry, Mona Shores, they had humility. Here it is, a, a public school that's saying how important to have in the team is, is humility. How much more should it be in the church? How much more should it be, is, you know, having this humility in our walk as a church? And so, as we talk today about leadership, you can't take out the idea of servant leading. Jesus says, I didn't come here to be served I came here to serve and we all know everybody in this room would not argue that Jesus was a leader we'd all say that he was the greatest of all leaders but yet his statement was is I didn't I didn't come here to be served and so if we get our identity out of a out of, out of position or our identity out of things. You know, for instance, tomorrow I get to celebrate 36 years of awesome marriage with my beautiful wife. It's because I've learned if anything in marriage is servant lead. And I've, there have been so many times in my walk where I have been insecure, where I've had the wrong voices in my head. and, And then, you know, I was so for many years beautiful. I married up, man. I married better than I deserve. And so I was so afraid of losing her. And so years in the past, I look, I would look, I'm going to basically him and and control the situation, which means I didn't want my wife to work. So I'd work two jobs, but it wasn't because I was this noble man thinking that I wanted my wife at home is I was afraid that she'd find some other guy better than me outside of the home. Now, I never told anybody that. I never even told her that. But inside that spirit, that voice is, you're not good enough. You're not good enough. You're not good enough. She's going to find somebody else better than you. Some of you in this room feel that same way. You're sitting next to a spouse and you're feeling that same way. That is no way to be led. That is no way to be led. I remember when I got free and God began to speak to me. I said, I looked at her, I go, you'd be stupid to leave me. (laughs) <laughs> and she goes that's the sexiest thing you ever said <laughs> but you know, because it was nothing changed but what had changed is is what was leading me i wasn't afraid i was no longer afraid i was allowing the, the lord to, to show that i can be everything that god wants me to be for her what is leading you in this life Is the Holy Spirit leading you? Are you getting free? The Bible says we sing a song, where the Spirit of the Lord is liberty. And yet I've never seen a culture that's so full of chains. I've never seen so many people that are following so many voices. As a pastor, I'm burdened by it. I don't know how to help, I've seen people depressed. Let me tell you something, depression isn't you. It's an enemy trying to voice his leadership in your life. That's not who you are. If you are in Christ, you are free. You're an agent. You're an ambassador of God. You're a chosen vessel. You're a winner. You are completely. But yet, how can this voice of weight, how can we be led to drugs and alcohol? How can we be led to taking our own lives? And I grieve for those situations because those voices are real and they nag, and they know, and if you allow those things in, all they'll do is that little, all that, that little tributary lie gets inside of you. If you allow that in, it'll become a river of nonsense in your life. What was a tributary, which was a thought, will be a prevailing directive in your life. That's why the Bible says take every thought, every say every thought, captive, and make it obedient to Jesus. It does not say some thoughts, it says every thought. Take it captive and make it obedient to Jesus. Luke chapter nine, as long as we're talking about the disciples, another reference point that God includes in his inspired truth about how they got it wrong. Luke chapter nine, verse 51. I know it's not in your notes, please just write it down, turn to it later. Now it came to pass when the time had come for us him to be received up. Jesus is on his journey to be crucified. He steadfastly, Jesus, set his face to go to Jerusalem and sent messengers before his face. And as they went, they entered a village of the Samaritans to prepare for him. Now, I know a lot of you don't know understand this thing. The Jews and the Samaritans had a racial issue with each other. How many realize that racism is a voice and it's a lying spirit and it has hurt our nation and it has hurt this city? Raise your hand. Here we are, it's included in the Bible. The Samaritans and the Jews have a racial slur with one another. Jesus was trying to break that down, trying to break that down. But here's Jesus wanting to go to Jerusalem because that's where he's going to be murdered and crucified entered a village, and they did not receive him. The Samaritans, because Jesus said, look, I'm going to Jerusalem, I don't have time right now to deal with Samaria. The Samaritans took offense at it. Oh, you don't love us anymore? You don't care about us? So they took offense. They considered that what they're doing is they're looking at Jesus like he's a racist, and all because he's just going to Jerusalem. There'll be times in leadership, there'll be times in your life where you're going in a directive, no matter what you're doing, Jesus perfect, And still is taken wrong. It's taken wrong. And as they went, they entered a village of the Samaritans to prepare for him. They did not receive him because his face was set for journey to Jerusalem. And when his disciples—here's how Jesus' disciples handle it, because they're so spiritual. James and—he says, and when they said this, James and John saw this. Who's the same guys that wanted to be elevated? That's James and John. Said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven? That's what Elijah did. Okay, when he was rejected. So you want us to call down. So what's happening is, is the disciples are feeling rejection. They're not even being rejected. They're feeling the rejection towards Jesus. Have you ever had somebody get mad at God and you feel that, I mean, they're rejecting God and you kind of raise your dander up a little bit? You ever had that, you want to defend God like God needs your defense? I have. I remember God speaking right into my heart. He goes, I got a big enough shoulder to stop. Have you ever had it where all of a sudden, you know what, you're in a, a church setting and all of a sudden you start wanting to speak up for somebody else. The Bible says we're not of Paul, we're not of Silas, we're not of man. You know, stop picking sides, pick Christ. That's the right spirit. You pick who Christ is on the inside and Christ doesn't divide. He unites. The right spirit is always bringing Unity. In fact, if you have a really hard time understanding that, I'm going to read it to you. Turn with me to Philippians chapter two, if you would. Philippians chapter two. I know that I'm kind of jumping ahead here. I'm trying to, Philippians chapter two, verse one. Jesus speaking. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the, say it with me. It does not say fellowship in a church. It says fellowship in the, say it with me. A fellowship in the spirit. Are your hearts tender, compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other. Loving one another, working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others better than yourself. Don't look out for your only interest, but take an interest in others. You must have the same attitude that Christ had through, um, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. So I'm going to kind of uh, look at your study guide, man. I'm going to kind of go through this thing, hit you on. There's just like four points I want to hit on. Life change vision is to lead others to Jesus. That's who we are. That's what we're about. That's why that that candle's lit. We want to lead others to Jesus Christ. We don't want to lead others to a personality. We don't wanna lead others to just their gift makeup. We wanna lead others to Jesus Christ. Number two, servant leadership is how Jesus did it. Then that's how we need to do it. If Jesus came here to servant lead, then we need to come here and servant lead. Servant leadership doesn't assert itself. Paul who once struggled with asserting himself writes, writes to himself over and over. Now if you have read the epistles at all, Paul struggled with asserting himself. In fact, before he met Jesus, he was out killing Christians. In the book of Acts, it talks about, he was killing Christians. He struggled with, you know what, referencing that he had to force his opinion, force his thoughts on. Now I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to come into a space of time in our life. I believe that, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to get into a marriage. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to get into a a, a relationship with a child. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to come into every devotional moment that you have. In fact, you're not really having a devotional moment until you have the Holy Spirit there. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to come into every service. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to come into every workplace. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to come into our hospitals and our school systems. Now I'm going to tell you something. The Holy Spirit only goes where he's invited. Satan drives. Jesus leads. The difference what I find so many times is people are driven to get a point across. Even though they'll use the word of God to do it, they're driven. That's not God. God leads. Satan drives. So if you're driven to get your point across, even though you're quoting scripture, we know that Jesus, I mean, Satan quoted scripture towards Jesus. So recognize peace is never a drive. Peace is a presence. It's a presence of God. It's not confusing. It's not strifeful. It's not frustrating. The peace of God comes into a space where there is humility and willingness to yield. That's where peace comes. And I have found that so many times in marriage, I have tried to drive my marriage. I have some of my kids that are in the audience today. I am sorry for the times I tried to drive even truth inside your heart. You can speak truth, but in the wrong spirit. We know that because Satan did it. So it's imperative that we get ourselves and that we are led by the spirit. Amen. Three, servant leadership aims at the mission, or in our case, the great commission. Go ye make disciples, ones in the space of discipline, ones that recognize. Let me tell you something. Can you be told what you don't like to be told? And how do you handle it? How do you handle it? I'm so grateful for the time where my best friends came to me years ago because my marriage would not be as healthy as it is at this 36 years almost time, if they hadn't told me what I didn't wanna hear, they said, you're not a good husband. You think you are, but you're not. And I said, well, what do you mean? Well, you're providing for her and you're speaking words of love, but what's happened is you're so full of hurt and anger, you are driving and the way you talk to her, you talk down at her and not, with her. I had no idea. I had no idea that the voice of of hurt and fear and insecurity had mapped out a directive in my life, and that being married, just because I got married, all of a sudden everything was going to work out. No, it doesn't. It works out when the Spirit of God leads you, and I had to get more and more. I'm an ogre. You're an ogre. And when you get past that idea that you're not an ogre, let me tell you, it helps to realize. There's layers of Ron that have to come off. There's layers of you that have come off. And the more of those layers, all of a sudden it becomes, my wife can see Jesus in me. She doesn't see Ron. And then there's those crazy moments. I know you probably don't have them like I do, but all of a sudden Ron shows up. And Ron shows up, there's strife, there's contention, there's envy, there's frustration. Ron showed up again. And then you know what the most, beautiful thing is that God's given to us is my wife and I can pray and all of a sudden Jesus shows up. I'm like oh my goodness not even three minutes ago strife was there and frustration was there and all it took is just a yielded space of prayer and devotions and God shows up again and the mirror global positioning here's God positioning me again and I get back on the rails with Jesus. Man I love being a Christian. I adore the identity that I'm a child of God that's still on those tracks, getting closer and closer to who he wants me to be. Number four, life offers us both opportunities and leading. We can assert ourselves or we can allow the Holy Spirit to lead us. There's some passages that um, I really wanted to, to reference here in fact, in Genesis chapter 3, we talked about Adam and Eve. And here they are, two perfect people, and they have one crazy tree that they're not supposed to take of. And the enemy, Satan, what does he do? He seduces, he lies, he confuses them, he twists the scenario, he changes the storyline just a little bit. And Adam and Eve fell right into it. Perfect beings, and were led by the wrong spirit. James and John. You know what? Here are these two people who have been following Jesus. And all of a sudden, great men of God, cast out devils, healed the sick, doing workings of miracles. And all of a sudden, they're being led by a platform. I want that. I deserve that. It's so important for us to recognize here. This happens. History's told us over and over and over again how many times this happens that people can get, be led astray. You, me, we can be led astray. Or how about in in James chapter three, which is probably one of my, um, I would call it if I had of a, a, tra- a a trademark scripture that. Happens to help me with leadership In James chapter 3 It talks about this passage Where where there's strife and contention And people are led by the wrong spirit I'm trying to find, I'm sorry I'm trying to find it in my notes In uh, James chapter 3 14 But if you are bitter, jealous And there's selfish ambition in your heart Now I know that none of you struggle With selfish ambition in your heart None of you want to have more money. None of you want to have more, more, uh, you know, love. None of you want to have better friendship. None of you, n- you're not that person's, but just pretend. In fact, why don't you give an elbow, God's, you know what, pastor's talking to you now, all right? Talking to, yeah, get elbow to the person next to you, all right? But if there's bitter, jealousy, selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth of boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are, well, here we go. Earthly, unspiritual, and he, and God goes there, demonic. They're earthly, they're spiritual, and you know, what, unspiritual and demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, then you'll find disorder and every evil of every kind you can't get a better scripture because I'm sitting there going, all right, God, I'm struggling with envy and I'm struggling with strife here. Do you realize that when in the space of God, it doesn't mean that you don't have strife around you, but you don't have strife in you. It doesn't mean you don't have selfish ambition around you, but you don't have it in you because you're not led by that spirit. And so I, I challenge all of you in this thought. As Jesus um said it. You don't know what spirit you're of. He said that to his disciples. He says, you're frustrated. You're feeling rejection because of what they're saying. And now your response to that frustration is to want God to take him out. I've been there. I've been there with a boss that wanted to get me fired. I remember clearly God said, that is not what my word says. My word says, pray for those who despitefully use you and say all manner of evil against you. Pray for them. You know why God says that? So it doesn't get on you. You know what evil wants to do? Reproduce. You know what holiness wants to do? Reproduce. But here's the thing, is one is being led the enemy wants to drive. That's what Satan does. Satan will get, God is waiting for you to create a presence so you can hear him. Satan doesn't wait. He gets into every crevice and crack and just drives it home. Some, for some of us, all it takes is the commute to work and we're already getting the wrong spirit. Right? Or somebody can, we, we, we have little things that go on. Well, th- those, are, um, th- those are those hot spots. You're, you're hitting a hot spot. You know, here's the thing. God says that we're all supposed to be dead to our flesh and live to Him. If I'm dead, I can't feel anything. I'm sorry, I'm not dead yet. But I'm dying. And I'm not talking because I'm getting older. I'm dying because those shouldn't trigger me anymore. If there are trigger spots, then Ron's too much alive. And God says, be thankful for those trials when somebody throws a trigger at you so that you can see, oh, Ron's still showing up and not Jesus. Because you know the greatest testimony that you can ever have in your walk is when someone's triggering at you like they always have in the past and you don't react. The only thing you got left inside of you is Jesus. And all of a sudden, somebody who's watched you their whole life, and they go, wow, dad. Wow, pastor. Wow. I know how the past and what you do through that, but you're not, you're not the same. I go, thank you. It's Jesus that lives in me, not the trigger anymore. Just please bow your heads, close your eyes. Father, I thank you that there is a place for us to invite you in. Eternity is laying at everyone's door, lying right there, and we can invite it in. And that we can be led by the Spirit. Acts chapter 19, our verse, our chapter today, where these people who accepted Christ didn't even know that there's a Holy Spirit to be led by. Father, I pray that... Mm -hmm for all of us, wherever we are at in our walk with, our, with you. Never has there been a time, never has there been such a, a space of time where, a, where lives need you more to shape their thinking. Never has there been a time where we need to surrender our thoughts more. Yes, there's been seasons, but Satan's been tactful in these last days. He's got so many devices that he can communicate with. The very phone that you gave to us that we can connect with through relationships is the very thing that you can connect with us and ruin relationships. Father, I pray that we invite you in, that when we open up our phone, that when we get in our car, that when we show up at the workplace, that when we face our our spouse or face our kids, that first, that we don't go alone but that lord we're with you in you we live and move and have been that our children that our spouse that our church family that the world around us would see you and not our triggers if you're here this morning maybe you're watching right now online and you don't know jesus as your personal savior And there's a space of emptiness inside of your heart. You know that there's more to this walk than what you're currently walking in. I want to pray a prayer with you right now. It's an invite. Allowing Jesus to come inside your heart and be led by a Holy Spirit to get back on those rails. You'll make mistakes, but you won't face them them alone. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Father God, in Jesus' name, here I am, I surrender. I need forgiveness. And I ask you, Jesus, to forgive me. I accept what Jesus did on the cross to die for my sins. I'm all yours. Teach me how to be led by the Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand up and let's worship our God together. If you liked this message, we want you to share it. Subscribe to more podcasts through mylifechangechurch.tv. Get involved. Ask for prayer. Share your story. Go to mylifechangechurch.tv. I'm Karma Adams, producer. We'll see you next week.